listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! Welcome on into Locked On Auburn and happy game week. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, dude, we've made it. We made it. It is game week for the Auburn Tigers. How are you feeling, man? I'm great. I'm pumped, man. I watched football yesterday and all I could think about was like next week. Next week. It's going to be awesome, man. We're so close. We are absolutely so close. And we're going to kind of jump into game week stuff, talking about Auburn's opponent. Obviously, that is Kentucky. Um, We also have a few listener questions and comments. But first things first, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They have a brand new app. They also have uh, special deals going on all the time. You can check those out in the app or on their social media channels, as well as FetchMeDelivery.com. We're having to record this show a little early before those promos are announced, so our apologies to Fetch Me. But highly encourage you to check out their new app. And for the folks coming into Auburn from out of town, you know, I'm hearing from you know my, my local news show that no one's really canceled their hotel uh, bookings. So hopefully we'll still have a lot of folks in town in regards to you know, keeping that local economy going. So that'll be exciting. But if, you are, uh, if you're in your hotel room and you don't really want to go out and you want to have food brought to you, you can use promo code ZAC20, Z-A-C-2-0, uh, and Fetch Me's new app or the website, and they'll deliver to your hotel room, contact-free, easy as pie. So be sure to check out Fetch Me. So, Pappas, uh, Auburn did some stuff this weekend. Malzahn spoke to the media Friday instead of Saturday after the scrimmage because, well, there was no scrimmage. They kind of broke things up a little bit as they are now, you know, the weekend before real SEC action. So they practice in Jordan-Hare Stadium under the lights. Malzahn kept saying, under the lights, under the lights. Um, I forgot that they got new lights in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And apparently other SEC schools uh, have similar lighting systems. So they got reps under the lights. And then they also um, piped in crowd noise just to kind of get things ready. Honestly surprised they haven't done that already. But here we are. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, these are the lights that um, Georgia and Alabama have that they can like turn red or whatever. Okay, They're supposed I see. to be cool. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, they, I mean, that's good. They piped in the crowd noise. Um, I hope they only piped in like 12,000 fans or whatever. They're I mean, doing I, it different I, I'm sure you overdo it, right? I'm sure you overdo it uh, to make it even louder than it normally is. Because if you can do it then, then you surely you could do it for 12,000, right? It's like when they when you practice for a rain game and you like soak the footballs in like buckets of water for 20 minutes. And it's like, obviously, they're not going to get that wet if it's just raining. But I don't know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then soccer played, uh, which is exciting just in the fact that, you know, one, love Coach Hoppe, friend of the program, but they uh, it, it was good having Auburn sports back again. So that's that's great. They they tied Mississippi State. I believe it was 1-1. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you could do that in college soccer. So, uh, All right, so let's look at Kentucky. Michael, we said it a few weeks ago, but this has kind of been – the hot upset pick in week one of SEC action because it's really the only one where it's like two good to above average teams playing each other. 
um, because all the other ones seem to be kind of, you know, best against worst type scenarios. But Reese Davis said on college game day this weekend, quote, I know Kentucky's not going to play Louisville this year, but they will open next weekend on the Plains against Gus Malzahn and the Tigers. I'm going to tell you, this is a game I'm really looking forward to. I know Lynn Bowden is gone, but Terry Wilson is back. Jamar Watson is back for Kentucky. And there is a question on the offensive line for Auburn. What will Bo Nix be able to do? I'd get it out to Anthony Schwartz as quickly as you can. He's the fastest man in college football. Auburn better be careful. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's just the latest of several college football analysts kind of looking at this one as, you know, the big upset pick. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not horribly surprising, right? Terry Wilson did lead Kentucky to a double-digit win season, and then he was out for a season, so yeah. he's coming back. Plus, you've got the added little excitement that Kentucky brought in last year with Lynn Bowden as quarterback, like, like Reese said, he's gone, but that was still, you know, puts him in the consciousness, if you will. And and Reese isn't wrong. Auburn does have questions on the offensive line, as in um, who's it going to be and mm-hmm. are they going to be good? And then what will Bo Nix be able to do? I mean, I don't think Reese is really wrong about anything that he said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, Auburn should be careful. I saw somewhere, I don't know if it was on Twitter or some of the message boards, so I can't credit, but somebody compared Kentucky going into the season as like the same level of talent as Minnesota. And I don't disagree with that. And when you look at you know what Minnesota was able to do against Auburn in the Outback Bowl, if Auburn's flat, Kentucky can win this football game. But I think Auburn's going to have to beat themselves. I don't think Kentucky can flat out beat Auburn. We'll see. We'll see what that looks like. And I have a hard time seeing this team come out flat. You know, you know, with the, they've been hitting each other for so long, I got a feeling they're going to want to you know go out and pop some other guys. But I think it raises the question: What advantage does Kentucky have over Auburn? And I think no matter where you look, all the answers are going to be the same. And it's the offensive line. And I think this is interesting, Michael, because if we rewind to this time a year ago when we were previewing. Auburn versus Oregon, it was like, okay, Oregon may have the best offensive line of football, but Auburn has one of the best defensive fronts in football. At least that's what we thought going into the season, and both of those things ended up being uh, pretty dang accurate. And we were like, okay, so does that even matter? Is that like the mismatch that you want? And I, I still think it's kind of the similar situation. It's like, okay, if Kentucky's best thing is their offensive line and it gets beat by Auburn's defensive line then this should be like a bloodbath. But we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. So looking at the offensive line, uh, it seems like their guy is center uh, Drake Jackson. He started in over 30 games. They've got a, a guy named Darian Kennard who will start at right tackle. He started as a freshman. He's the highest grading returning lineman in the country according to Pro Football Focus. So I think that stands for something. And then Luke Fortner is the right guard. Phil Steele had him as a fourth-team preseason SEC member. There's also some NFL draft buzz around him. His name is Luke Fortner, a right guard. Landon Young will be Kentucky's left tackle. He's played in over 30 games. And then it sounds like there's still a competition at left guard, so kind of similar situation to Auburn uh, in that regard. But you look at some of these guys, and it's like, all right, cool. So these guys have accolades, but can they – Go toe-to-toe with Big Cat Bryant, Tyron Truesdale, Derek Hall. It's going to be interesting to see what these one-on-one matchups provide on Saturday. 
Yeah, that's definitely true, and it's got to make you a little nervous. Obviously, these guys are, are, are pretty good. The, it, it is not easy to be the highest-rated lineman returning to school in the country. Right. It's not easy to be, I guess, Phil Steele's got him as the fourth-best right guard in the SEC. Right. So that, I mean, that's pretty great. And then just experience playing in over 30 games in the SEC, that's a lot. And I know a couple of those are probably, you know, games against not SEC opponents. But for an SEC football team, right? and, and this Kentucky team has not been terrible the last couple of years, right? I mean, they, they've not been an easy team to beat. They've overachieved the last two seasons, right? Yeah, but at what point is it? not overachieving it's just achieving yeah it's just who you are right and that's that's the big question and I think you know last year when when they switched to Lynn Bowden and they were able to still kind of win you know eight games or whatever it was everyone's like oh wow it's incredible but it's like okay well they did it the year before as well so like is Kentucky is this who they are are they just the third best team in the east it's like I don't think so but if they do it again this year, I don't know how you say they're not. But then I think the argument against them will be, well, all right, well, Terry Wilson's gone then. So can they do it without Terry Wilson? And so I think that's going to be interesting to see. I've read some of the things saying that, you know, despite all this experience on Kentucky's offensive front, the main focus for Kentucky this offseason has been pass blocking. Their last full season with Terry Wilson, so that was back in 2018, their sack rate was almost 10%. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty high. So while there's a bunch of experience, Auburn, I still think, has a chance to generate a mismatch here in the passing game. And we'll talk about Terry Wilson in the, as far as in the passing and running game in a moment. But, um, I mean, this is, this is Kentucky's one area of the game, in my opinion, where they can kind of go into the game saying, all right, we have a chance to win this. And obviously, if your offensive line can effectively block the defensive front seven for Auburn, um, they've got a good chance to kind of you know win this thing and at least make it competitive, but that's a big ask, man. That not many teams have been able to do that over the last few years. Absolutely, and it it, it is not shocking considering that they need to that they need to work on pass blocking because they threw the ball like four times a game last season, right? Yeah, they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so it, it was mean, it was a wildcat. The Wildcats ran a wildcat offense. Oh, what, what, what? Yeah, so I mean, that's that's that. Um, but yeah, that offensive line is, uh, the more I looked into them last night, the more I was impressed with them. So we'll see, we'll see what that looks like. Hey, today's show brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com. They make it easy as possible uh, to buy any car parts for your car, truck, or SUV. I mean, we're talking about anything involving the engine, anything involving, you know, ignition, even uh, you know aesthetic things like carpet or paint, headlights, you name it, Rock Auto is all about it. Just go to the website and kind of put in what, what your car is and the make and model, and they will kind of uh, supply you with all kinds of choices. In some regards, it's even a little overwhelming because there are so many things to pick from, but they take care of you. They give you all the options you need. Uh, to help save a dollar. And I know uh, a lot of folks are really kind of intimidated by you know the car space. I'm kind of in that boat. I am not a car guy at all. I just kind of take you to the shop and they say, here's what you need. So Rock Auto can, tell, um, can help you uh, save some money. My co-host on Locked On College, which you can hear every Tuesday uh, on, a, on the Locked On College football podcast feed, 
Isaiah Hole of Locked on Wolverine says it saved him thousands of dollars. So head over to rockauto.com and write Locked on Auburn in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection over at rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So we've touched on him throughout the offseason, Michael Pappas, but we haven't really gotten in the weeds about Kentucky's quarterback, Terry Wilson. So Gus Malzahn was asked about Wilson on uh, Friday during his press conference, and I'm sure he'll say more tomorrow at his weekly presser now that we're kind of in the, the routine for game week. But here's uh, this is 13 seconds. Here's what he said on Kentucky's quarterback. Well, you can tell he, he operates um... – you know the offense. You can tell he knows what he's doing. You can tell he's well coached, and he can he can run and he can throw. And uh, you know, it looks like he's got a very good command of the offense. Yeah. So the command of the offense, I think, is the the interesting thing. So I went back and watched a lot of Terry Wilson from 2018, or as much as I could find. For that to be like one of their better seasons ever, they don't have a whole lot <laughs> up on it, which is which is interesting to me. But they're a basketball school. That's fine. But. I think there's a few things to keep in mind when you talk about Terry Wilson, the quarterback. And one, they put a wide receiver in at quarterback and there wasn't much of a drop-off last year. I think that's something that you got to kind of keep in mind. I know it was incredible what they did with Lynn Bowden, but I'm just kind of keeping perspective here. So this isn't anything groundbreaking, but Terry Wilson is a much better runner than a passer, and Auburn's front seven needs to be what we think they are capable of or what they are on Saturday. And Auburn needs to make Wilson throw and keep him in the pocket. A lot of his big plays came when pass rushers lost their containment and let him run to the outside or he just kind of got outside the pocket and he's very patient. He's a very patient passer. So he'll stand in there and wait or you flush him out and he'll stand on you know the perimeter of the pocket and wait for guys to get open. A lot of times they do because it's college football and it's just hard if you're defensive back it's hard to cover a receiver for six or seven seconds. So that, to me, is, is going to be the key for Auburn's defense. I know we can talk about the Auburn offensive line, but I think we're going to see Kevin Steele put those guys uh, close to the line of scrimmage and make them pass the football and uh, kind of queue up a lot of one-on-one situations and just hope they get to Wilson in time. I totally agree with what you're saying here, Zach. Uh, the biggest part there, much better runner than passer. If I'm not mistaken, he's a, uh, a last-chance-you guy. Okay. Um, I believe he's from... That that community college is what I mean. Um, I don't think he was actually on the show, but um, he's a runner. I mean, he's a, he's a running quarterback who does some passing. That's basically it. And and this is not going to be a new thing for for Auburn's defense or for Kevin Steele. So um, I think they can definitely definitely get it done. All right, we got some listener questions. We'll talk more about this matchup, of course, throughout the week. So be sure to tune in to Locked On Auburn. Every single day. Listener question time. You can call or text us at 205-502-4285. This first one is, uh, y'all, a couple episodes ago, uh, you were talking about some of the second and third string running backs being pleased by getting the rock at the goal line. I'm pretty confident that if we had done that 
against Alabama in 17. Instead of carry-on running one in the corner, we'd have another natty. Oh, well. Word am eagle. Always love the show. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that 2017 season, like there's, so, it, it's so easy to say kind of different what ifs. I was talking about it with um, Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, on Friday in the office, and we were talking about the SEC championship game, the game after that. And it's like if Stidham doesn't fumble in the red zone, I think Auburn's in the playoff. You get a month off after that game for carry on to get healthy, and I think it's just a totally different world that we're living in at that point. So that 17 season, it kind of puts in perspective when you think about all the little things. It's like, gosh, Auburn was so close to making the playoff. And I think people forget that. I think people forget how good Auburn was in 2017. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It took me a second. So he's talking about the play where... Mercurion gets hurt. He scores, right? I don't think he does score. Because he's down on the field and everybody's like chanting, carry on, carry on. I don't think that was after a touchdown. But he's talking about at the goal line. I know. Play, I mean, he got hurt in the red zone, but I do not think he scored on that play. Uh, I thought he got hurt at like midfield. All right. I don't know. Maybe I just misremember that. I was kind of confused because I, I was just like, wait, they beat Alabama in 17. Yeah, but carry on got hurt is what he's saying. Yeah, no, I figured that out eventually. Got it. All right. Uh, next question. Defending my forest fire of a hot day. Okay, so just for context, if folks missed, uh, I believe this was on Friday's show. He had a hot take saying, this listener, Sean Shivers will have more yards from scrimmage than the rest of the running back room combined. I would be almost willing to say to count Bo Nix rushing yards as well. So that is a scorching hot take. So defending my forest fire of a hot take about Shivers and his plentiful yards, I really think Morris throws the ball more and really throws it. Not screens every other down. As the offense settles in, I think the running back becomes more Meaningful and explosive with fewer carries or general action, they see opting to throw instead. The only reason I really think Shiver sees half, then it's get in where you fit in. You guys are doing an awesome job. I work long, hard hours, and I love getting in the truck at 5 a.m. and turning, uh, tuning in to Locked On Auburn. You guys are consistently engaging with fans, and seems like my questions hit the air all the time. So for someone who obsesses over the silly game like y'all do, thanks a ton. Well, dude, you're awesome. Thank you so much Whoa. for listening. Thank you. Silly. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so I, I read that hot take um, to Justin on Ferg Friday, this past Friday. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a stretch. I, I mean, we talked a lot about feeding the hot hand, and you know, he talks about in his question, if there's 30 a game, then you got to... Um, I don't know, whatever, but I, I, I think it's going to be really hard to not give Tank Bigsby and Mark Anthony Richards the ball or even DJ Williams the ball. And if one of those guys gets hot in one game and they start to feed him, I think that's kind of the, I don't want to say the, the end of the road for Sean Shivers, but uh, I think we could see his touches start to decline after that. Where I do think that you could see him a lot is in the passing game. I think he could get a lot of touches there. And so, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, like early on in his career at Auburn, he was getting reps at slot receiver. So like, uh, they, they saw him at that at some point. But I don't know, dude. I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy for the majority of the season. But we will see. We will see. That's still definitely um, bold. People wanted to be tanks so bad. And it may be. It may be. 
Hey, Zach, it's John Mark from... Where do you think that is? Anetta. Anetta? Anetta. John Mark, where's Anetta? Can we go ahead and nickname Mark Anthony Richards Mars? Yeah, I'm cool with that. You cool with that? Um, I guess, yeah. yeah. I, I would almost like prefer to call Mark Anthony Richards like the Martian. I think that'd be cooler. I feel like we got to nickname him something that's relevant to like other famous Mark Antonys. You know? That's, like, yeah. Wasn't there someone named, wasn't there a Mark Antony that was like uh, married to J-Lo or something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Maybe cut that. That's probably wrong. Nope, I'm keeping it. Um, Marcus Antonius. Po- politician in the Roman Republic. Well, yeah. I know. <laughs> but I, 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 I'll see if it was short for something that it is. Marcus Antonius. I said we go with that. I don't know. We'll workshop it. 205-502-4285. What should we call Mark Anthony Richards? Mars? The Martian? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, last question. We know he wasn't able to have a normal football offseason this year, but how much do you th- y'all think that Shiver's not running track has had an effect on him seemingly being our workhorse running back this season? I was thinking about this the other day, Michael, and the only thing I can come up with as far as him not running track is I wonder if he weighs more. Interesting. Okay. Because I mean, yeah. if you're, I mean, if, if you're doing a track workout, your your diet is modified to that, and he's just running way more because that's what you do. I'm kind of wondering if he's like, is he eight pounds heavier or something like that? I don't think we'll ever fully know. I think we could kind of eye test it to some extent, but if he was a little bit heavier, I would not be surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't have thought of that, but yeah. Um. I would say it helps. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it would help because he would get more reps at football, but it's like, but they didn't do spring practice. So, right. I don't know, maybe in the spring he, uh, I don't even know. I, I got nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it helps in this kind of off season. I, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the only thing I could think of. And, you know, maybe he has, I mean, he already had that quickness. You know, in track, it's not really a quickness thing. It's just a, you know, running straight thing. So I'm curious to see his size. And we have some pictures of him that, you know, the athletics department has shared and some of the videos that we've talked about. And he doesn't look that much bigger in those, but I'm just saying, you know, how could not doing track affect that? Um. Yeah, that's the only thing I can come up with. That's a really good question. I just I wish I had a better answer for you. Yeah, that is, no, I totally agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Zach. Yes. Before, before we end the show, I have news. Okay. Mark Anthony, two-time Grammy Award, six-time Latin Grammy Award winner, and the highest. The top-selling tropical salsa artist of all time. Mark Anthony was married to Jennifer Lopez from 2004 to 2014. Dude, you nailed that. You know your pop culture, baby. Let's go. 
God, I cannot believe that. There's a lot to work with here. We've got to come up with something good. I like Maybe the Martian. we should just call him Salsa. <laughs> salsa. Yeah, and every time he uh, he jukes somebody, we just call him you know, up. He was he was doing the salsa. I don't know. That's bad. That's bad. All right, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? I was just gonna say it's because he's spicy. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We are also on TikTok for now. I don't know if that's going to stay a thing or not. We'll see. All right. We will be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.